Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Well, welcome to Elijah Streams. I'm your host, Steve Schultz, along with my wife, Doreen. Uh, we are in year 25 plus a few months uh, uh, bringing you the voice of the prophets. And uh, this year in 2022, we've added a section called, well, we've done two. We've added Johnny Enlow Unfiltered. And then we've also, this is kind of like right in the middle, we have a, a segment type or a type of show called Prophets and Patriots. So this is kind of a combination of Johnny Enlow Unfiltered and Prophets and Patriots combined. Uh, we have 107. We're going to bring him on and we'll just ask him about who he is and and why the anonymity? Why do we just get to see his boots, which is a great, great way to start to find out what, what uh, Juan has to say. But all right, so listen, no, no extra stuff today. Well, here's Johnny Enlow. Everyone knows Johnny, of course, by now. And meet the boots of 107. We're going to talk to Juan in just a minute. But I uh, just want to give our give our greetings to you, uh, Johnny, and to you, Juan. And Juan, if it's okay with you, I'm going to jump right into it. Um, and the question is, when people ask... Who do you say 107 is? It's not the real name. You know, your real name, why the anonymity and why only the boots? Let's let's just see what you have to say. I actually don't know. So go for it. Well, um, a couple of things. Obviously, uh, you know, there's, a, there's a, a lot of people that I interact with and do things with that uh, them – being associated with somebody that's talking about some of this subject matter that I regularly deal with could be embarrassing to them. And uh, even as some of the articles have come out over the last few days, they intend to try and, and uh, slime people that maybe I have uh, been interacting with that are well-known public figures. And it's the proof of uh, the point. Um, a lot of the people that I interact with that I discuss very serious, heavy things with and, and assist uh, to be guilt by association uh, <laughs> yeah. on some of these subjects would be damaged to, damaging to them personally. So the intent is, is that they can't be seen or heard or talking with me or known to be associating with me because uh, I'm poison. I'm, you know, I'm leading some insurrection or revolution or something like that so uh and then i've never made it about me uh you know I, i've been in the background all the way uh back to the uh, late 90s uh, early early 90s even um you know uh, rush for example was a friend and we communicated behind the scenes since uh, the late wow. 80s um uh you know mike reagan uh close personal friend uh, did numerous appearances on his show, but also I think I was the most frequent guest that he had during his uh, entire history on the show there. Now, um, you've done some stuff with Jim, Jim Caviezel, right? You've done some touring with Jim Caviezel, haven't you? Well, we've, we did some stuff to uh, work towards getting Sound of Freedom uh, released in the theaters and get the financing there. Uh, Roseanne Barr is a friend I have. Uh, one of my Hollywood folks is one of the top agents in the world. Wow. Uh, I've got, you know, I was just on the uh, uh, text here moments ago with another uh, very, very well-known singer, one of the top people in the planet, one of the top bands in the planet. Uh, the other night, we had dinner with uh, uh, friends. It's a band that everybody in this audience knows very, very, very well. 
and discussing stuff. And if they thought that uh, these people were talking with me, it might, you know, a lot of people would be thrown off by it and, and we wouldn't be able to have an honest conversation. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't play on my friends and it, yeah. and it would be um, inappropriate. This way I can have um, those conversations. And then even in the political realm, uh, you know, even the work that I did uh, that is not public, um, you know, in in this type of work, you have your open stuff that's uh, out there for the world to know. And you have other stuff that uh, is, you know, the other half of your life doing the stuff that I did. So, mm. you know, a lot of the players behind the scenes, they know exactly who I am, what I've done and uh, other stuff. There's a public persona for business purposes and like that and to protect family um, who may not feel the same way. I had uh, a very close friend who was a senator out the other day, you know, his family kind of cut him off uh, during his multiple terms because uh, he's a conservative and it was embarrassing to him every time they raised his name, you know, uh, on stuff, they assume the rest of the family has exactly the same political. Oh, wow. And then they don't. <laughs> so then they're slimed with it. There's nothing they can do about it. It's just, they hear the name and then they assume that they think the same way. And that's not true. I mean, I remember even with, uh, you know, family members in the Reagan family. Uh, it became contentious because people assume because they heard the name that there's a certain brand that goes with it. And that's just not true. And so it's embarrassing for others that don't hold the same beliefs to then have to defend themselves on stuff. And they can't do a single thing because people have a have an image in their mind assume because there's name association they think the same way and it's not true and then they are constantly apologizing or they even have to go further the other way to prove that they're not in that group and it ends up dividing uh people and families and so uh you know and i've written for years under uh 107 there's numerous articles out there and then i've ghost written for other uh, writers that uh, many people in the audience would know instantly. And uh, I've written probably a hundred articles over wow. the last uh, 30 years and uh, put, put them under uh, one of two or three synonyms or under other people's names that uh, I wrote them for. Mm. And uh, I'm very, you know, happy with all of them. In fact, uh, somebody was pointing out something I did on Benghazi Again, just uh, over the weekend, there isn't one word of that I would uh, change. And I wrote it and it sat on the shelf for <clears throat> three weeks because uh, Fox News uh, Online said it was just too cutting edge. Uh, when it finally was published somewhere else, um, it uh, became the definitive one on what transpired to Benghazi. Uh, and uh, uh, even today, there isn't, you know, I just happened to read through it. I was like, well, there's nothing here. I changed. It's exactly right. It's exactly what happened. Nobody's disproven a single thing. So, wow. Um, wow. you know, and, and, and the head of one of the major uh, broadcasters um, did an internal investigation uh, after I had pointed out the guy over at CBS that was coming out talking all this shit about Benghazi, I said, oh, he's a security guard. He's working for the Brits up the street. He wasn't there. He didn't have anything there. That's that's bull. And uh, the one head of the one 
broadcasting network called the president of CBS and said, uh, hey, we're going with this in four hours. And CBS withdrew the story. And uh, uh, because the guy didn't have the creds. And uh, then they did an internal investigation and checked all 54 sources that they had at this other broadcaster and uh, even very, very famous names. A guy called me personally about two months later, says, hey, our internal investigation, you're the only one that was never wrong. A single thing you said wow. told us on Benghazi. And some of the names were very big names of people that provided information. So that was you know, very encouraging. I, I've been in the background for a long time, but uh, obviously that's becoming more difficult. And then there's a full court press that started a couple weeks back because um, I uh, invited some people that were secretary of state candidates uh from around the country to form a coalition and i uh, uh got a suite over to trump in las vegas and invited them in we began working together to kind of look at the issues around the country on the vote and secretary of state is the position that george soros and crew uh, attacked first here in America back in 2004 with a concerted effort to get uh, secretaries of state in office that would, um, you know, adjust the voting uh, methods and laws um, to go a different direction. And so uh, George Soros was a creation of British MI6. So I have heard you say that you, you've never withdrew. I mean, I've heard you say that three or four times. You're saying George Soros was only a figurehead and MI6 is, is British intelligence. And you're saying he worked for Yeah, them? that's how he got all his money. He was taking down, you know, he had money, but he had uh, modest money. And then uh, uh, all of a sudden he's able to go in and bet against uh, the British pound and other Commonwealth countries' currency, uh, which was insider information. And then they uh, enriched his systems. And then that money, he hasn't spent it on himself as much as he spent it out there to go affect the politics around the, the U.S. predominantly and uh, countries that the U.S. is supporting or working with. And so uh, with the intent, uh, it actually favors uh, this globalist operation out of the city of London. And... Uh, They've been attacking American politics. You know, where did the dossier come from? The Russian, you know, dossier. Mm -hmm. Those were all uh, British intel people. Really? And uh, globalists, you know, uh, Robert David Steele, former MI6 member, uh, Dear Love, uh, that whole crew. And, and then, by the way, the guy that, uh, uh, Stefan Halper, that piece of shit. I have more to say than that, but. He, I'm supposed uh, to remind you. You said I can remind you of the language. <laughs> I didn't go as far as I'd like to. Yeah, yeah well, by the way, you said offline about you're a person of faith. I know that about you. I understand you're quite into the healing, but you said some grandmothers told you, don't worry about it. But yeah, so anyway, just. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you have uh, uh, Elijah there, but you know, Ezekiel, yeah. one of his he things in the some... Bible. Yeah. He he said some pretty coarse words uh, at, yeah. uh, at the time, you know. So uh, even in the scripture, if you actually get the correct translation, some of them are pretty, pretty uh, edgy words that he used uh, in talking with the children of Israel to to shake yeah. them out of their slumber yeah. uh, at a critical moment. So, but anyway, yeah, the yeah. long and short of it is we're we're in a very a much bigger um, fight 
than most people have really realized. They're thinking that we're in a uh, Democrat versus Republican, liberal versus uh, conservative uh, fight right now in America. And that's really, uh, it, it doesn't do justice to the nature of the battle that we're in. Mm. You have uh, people that have a global agenda. It's a depopulation agenda. Yeah. It is uh, aimed at removing America's position, uh, leadership position in the world, and installing not another nation, but a global entity in control of the world to fill the vacuum, fill the gap as the uh, USS, which they view as the Titanic, literally uh, get sent to the bottom of the ocean. It's a, it's a, a plan. Uh, you know, I, I opened my book uh, with the story about the Titanic and what happened uh, there really, which paved the way for the uh, creation of the Federal Reserve here in the United States uh, and uh, uh, the IRS and to take out the, the moneyed families that were against this, uh, you know, Federal Reserve Bank, which is a violation of the Constitution. And uh, so this has been going on for a very, very long time. And uh, uh, we have to win this. And uh, win yeah. means that the American people decide who they want to govern them, not some offshore oligarchs manipulating um, our electorate and voting systems to put in their young global leaders and such in charge of America and the world. Uh, um, yeah. And that's the fight that we're in right now. Wow. Well, good one. That is awesome. And I, I, we're going to go on from there when I have some other questions. Let me throw it to you, Johnny. I know you had some questions to open as well. Well, what I wanted to, I wanted to give actually just a couple of uh, prophetic words real short that then we can let uh, even Juan Osavin react to it. And there's a part of this that, you know, I've heard Juan probably five or six times. And I think there's a, a similar role that we both have. And, and one is to, you know, wake the sleeping and then, especially for me, encourage the awake. And so, Unfortunately, both those audience are always, are always the larger audience, the more we have both of those there. And so at some point you have to, if you tell them everything's too fine, then they don't do things that we need done, which is to get involved, to arise and shine, to be involved with their city board, city councils, school boards, all election tables and boards, and as well as secretary of state, just everywhere, everywhere the church hasn't been. Of course, that's our Seven Mountain message is that the church has to recognize the expanded paradigm that Jesus left us to be salt and light, not just in the four walls of the church on Sunday, but so let your light shine before men means those kind of spheres of society, media, education, government, economy, family, arts, entertainment. But it's a it's a balancing act of encouraging. So there's not um, desperation if you talk too much about what the enemy has done and sown into the plan it becomes sort of like the 10 spies going to the promised land and they scare the whole people to death and so nobody mm -hmm. wants to move or go anywhere let's just go back to egypt because you know the giants are too big for us we're just grasshoppers and then you have caleb and joshua they're given the perspective yeah we see them but they'll be bread for us we can do this and so the balance getting both of those i've seen that and heard that from juan when i've i've heard from him before trying to 
uh, not encouraged so much that people uh, go back to sleep because that's the problem. That's why we're at where we're at is there has been, particularly for the church, from a church perspective, as is mine, there's been such an emphasis on what happens in the four walls of the church. And, you know, and I'll fly away, oh, glory, and the rapture and premature rapture and all that kind of stuff. And so we've um, not been the responsible kingdom citizens that we're supposed to. But this is an encouraging thing. So I asked, you know, uh, Steve, you know, from time to time, I just on my Facebook, I just ask the nameless, faceless, those who don't really have a platform, the prophetic, just what have you heard? What have you seen? And sometimes it really resonates with me. They're real short. And and um, but I thought I'd release them because I think they do speak. I think they're right on. I could have released them as uh, well, I couldn't release them as my own because it would be dishonest. But I'd be recognizing them. And, mm, and yeah. I, think, I think they speak into where we're at. And then that would be a good place just to hear uh, Juan's reaction to what we're saying there, either before or after you introduce, because it will go with your questions. Yeah. As well. So I had somebody named Terry say. I saw large angels coming from heaven. They were carrying the Liberty Bell. It was swinging back and forth. As the bell turned upside down, it was pouring the blood, the blood of Jesus all over this land. And I heard time to repent, time to turn back to our first love. And I heard I have come to set things right. So that was one word that I think is encouraging. Uh, there's a presence from a couple of days ago, seeing large angels coming from heaven, carrying a Liberty Bell. And it's because of what he did on the cross. If we remember, he said after paying the price he did on the cross in Matthew 18, all authority in heaven and earth is mine. Go therefore. So it was he got it. He did the part we can't do. He paid the price. We couldn't. But but he left us with the arising and shining part, we could say. And there's somebody named Christina says twice the last week I was shown. This is related. I was shown the Sherman Williams truck. Hmm. Uh, with a picture of the world, you know, those, if you've seen the Sherwin Williams trucks or vans, they have a picture of the world and there's a red paint on it. And she said it was the blood of Jesus being poured out over the whole earth. And so again, this emphasis on the blood of Jesus being poured out over the earth. And I thought that was, uh, I thought that was a good word, encouraging. He, again, he has the original creator rights plus the redeemer rights, uh, you know, beyond white hats, black hats, the hat that will rule will be his. So, then someone named Nadia, she said this short as well, but real good. Judgment and deliverance. She heard that judgment and deliverance is going to happen simultaneously. And we are, it seems, two seconds in God's timing to this happening. So two seconds away in God's time mm-hmm. from this happening. What's coming to the evil will not come nigh our dwelling and the world will take notice God is real. It's the greatest intervention the world has seen which is about to be the greatest celebration party ever had. So I, I, I like I like that one too. And then finally, uh, someone named Joss Habakkuk heard Habakkuk 1.5 is for now. Again, this is something I, I have heard as well. It says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe mm. even if you were told. So I think these are all relevant. It's what I wanted to do. Part of my encouraging the body of Christ, who is yeah. awake, and, yeah. and into you know a higher perspective. Um, while we while we uh, while we awaken, while we arise, while we shine. But anyway, any, 
any reaction on that one? Or I don't know if you just want to ask him the question. Yeah, well, along that line, and, and um, because one, I think with you, probably more than anyone else that I've seen online, you have a unique mix of, of taking care of the the bad guys and with such a passion that once in a while we have to warn you with your language. And yet at the same time, you're going touring with Jim Caviezel promoting this new film, which I think is called The Sound of Freedom. It's about child trafficking. And so I, what I'm hearing, Johnny is trying to walk this line of encouragement and faith and the body of Christ and what God's going to do. And at the same time, you're doing both of those. One, you're doing the spiritual things and you're doing the things that must be done on the ground. The, the battle has to actually be fought yeah. along with it. What, I don't, what, what thoughts come to you about all that? Well, a couple of things. First of all, if you cannot protect the children, yeah. if you will not act to protect the children, why would you think God would uh, intervene to protect you? Oh, uh, no. He gave the earth and all that is in it to Adam and his seed. We are the seed of Adam. We are the children of Adam. We are the children of faith, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, those that went into the promised land. And why did God send them into the promised land? Because those evil monsters in Canaan land, the land of giants, um, they were sacrificing children on the high hills to Moloch mm. and Baal, okay, mm. Satan. And uh, in order to get a good harvest, to get wealth, to get protection from their enemies, they would sacrifice their own children. You know, that was one of the plagues in Egypt. Oh, you like to sacrifice children? You like to, you know, sacrifice children to, to the gods? Okay, well, I'll make a sacrifice, firstborn of all. So um, uh, we here in America, with evil machinations by a very uh, uh, sly, intelligent enemy uh, succumbed and didn't resist properly when the Supreme Court violated the Constitution, violated states' rights, and made abortion law of the land. What is this recent event that happened in the Supreme Court with the leaking of the documents about how they're looking to... Um, uh, you know, make their findings on a case that's going on right now. That was related to the Supreme Court justices said uh, an earlier court erred in finding that the Fed, the federal powers, could legislate, could uh, control the whole country and control the states and violate states' rights concerning the issue of abortion. And so this current court is now saying we have to go back and correct this because it is not constitutional the way this earlier court acted. That uh, Roe versus Wade case was uh, initiated in Dallas, Dallas, Texas. And when you look at America, you have a dark angel over America, just like there was a dark angel over Persia that Daniel when the angel came and walked across time all the way from the end of the age at Armageddon, when Daniel said, what's going to happen to your people, God, what's going to happen to the people, you know, that I am part of because Daniel, remember Daniel, uh, he was taken as a slave to Babylon. Mm -hmm. He was castrated. He would never have children of his own. 
Uh, imagine the humiliation, young boy, probably prepubescent. Um, all of Daniel's life, a lot of people, you, know, you have to kind of visualize who's this person, Daniel. He was made a, uh, he had what some people today would say is psychic abilities. Well, he was a very godly person. He had faith. Even though he was taken from his family, ripped from his family, put into this training thing as a priest in Babylon to, you know, help foretell the future and to make advisories and all that. He was trained to be honest people in the short period of life in Israel before he was taken captive as a very young boy. He got enough information from his mother his father, whoever, to have the basis of faith and understanding of what God planned for his people. And there in Babylon, after being castrated as he grew up, look, he had a voice like Michael Jackson's. Mm, well, we never thought okay. of it that way. His high voice, he never matured in that way. He was soft-spoken. Hmm. He uh, uh, counseled, uh, uh, you know, kings most powerful people in the world, all the way up to Belshazzar. In, in Belshazzar's time, at the end of the Babylonian Empire, where they had the greatest, uh, one of the seven wonders of the world, the Hanging Gardens, uh, which were watered by the river that ran down the middle of the city. Um, uh, the very river that watered the city is the river that made it possible. I've done whole broadcasts on this. You can find them online is the way that the enemy dammed the river about 50 miles upstream by causing an avalanche of snow and ice. Hmm. And then it slowed, it, it cut the water level enough that an army was able to come in under the wall and uh, during a big celebration and actually take over Babylon. And while this was going on, the hand of God appears out of nowhere on the wall because they were using um, the uh, utensils from the Holy of Holies mm -hmm. for this big party, this uh, pornographic party they were having. And the hand of God appears out of nowhere, writes on the concrete like you'd write on butter mm -hmm. and says, uh, you know, uh, you've been weighed in the balance and uh, found wanting. And this day, you're going to lose your life and your, your kingdom's going to be taken from you. But Daniel is the one that had to give the interpretation. They couldn't find anybody else that could read what was written on the wall. Everybody's knees are shaking. The whole party stopped. Mm. All of the officials from all over the world, you know, the World Economic Forum people, the Davos Gee. people, the, <laughs> you know, City of London banking people, they're all there at, at the City of Babylon for this huge feast. And while they're having a big spectacle and yucking it up and getting drunk and, and all the other stuff that goes with that, uh, you know, they showed up in their Bugattis and Rolls Royces and their security teams mm. and all that in the palace and all the flamboyance and everything else, uh, rock bands playing. And all of a sudden the hand of God ruined the party, mm. shut them all up, but they couldn't understand they they were shocked at this hand wrote on the wall but they, they they couldn't make the interpretation all the priests couldn't tell them what it said they had to go find daniel who by then is an elderly man and he comes in and they said if you can tell us what's on the wall what this says i'll give you half the kingdom daniel says keep it <laughs> it's not yours to give anyway it's going to be taken from you momentarily it's already begun and at that moment 
the armies had already invaded the city through the oh, river and are wow. crashing through the city coming to him. And then Daniel, he had had the vision, the dream, the visitation early in his life when this angel walked across time from Armageddon all the way back to where Daniel was praying, God, what's going to happen to our people? I'm never going to have children. You promised Adam and his seed would inherit the planet. You promised Abraham seed is the sand of the seashore for number and the stars in the heaven for number. And yet I'll never have children. All of your people are here in slavery. Um, how is this going to happen? What are you going to do? And the angel came across time, walked across time like we walk across the street. People wonder if time travels uh, possible. Well, it is for God, God's angels. And he came from the future. And part of the way we know he wasn't just beamed like in a, you know, Star Trek movie, you know, <laughs> from the future to the past, because on his way, he was encountered and, and blocked by the angel, the, the dark angel over Persia, the prince of Persia. And he had to fight with him. And then another angel joined him and continued the fight so that the angel who had come from the future could go back to Daniel and tell him what happened and uh, what's, what's happening in the future and tell him what the outcome was for the people of Israel, for the children of, of Abraham. And um, then he says, I have to go back and finish the fight, uh, you know, and, and, and he leaves. Well, angel over Persia, excuse me. This was when Daniel was a young man. Persia didn't even exist yet. It was the Medes and the Persians who invaded Babylon. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. And when they defeated Belshazzar and uh, the Babylonians, took David, who had predicted this whole thing, as an honored guest to Persia. And he lived in Persia the rest of his life. You said as David. an honored guest. I mean, a, a, a Daniel, sorry. Yeah. Took Daniel to Persia. And by the way, Daniel's uh, grave is in Persia. It's been a, it's, it's got a huge monument around it, uh, building everything. The uh, Iran people have honored it for, you know, uh, really? eons. Yes, it's uh, all the way back to Daniel. It's considered a very sacred site. And, uh, but who killed Daniel? In the book of Esther, you have uh, um, Mordecai, who represented the Jews, and then, uh, oh, what's his name, uh, uh, that represented the... Haman? The Haman, 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 yeah. Haman. And so the a lot of the records indicate that the person that killed Daniel was Haman. Oh, and wow. that uh, Mordecai was the leader that emerged after Daniel. And so the, 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 all of that to tell you that there's a dark angel over America because of Dallas. I believe that it spreads its wings out across America. That's wow. where the assassination of a president occurred. Another dark angel because that's where Roe versus Wade spreads wings across America. And with what's going on with the Supreme Court right now and the revelations of the groups 
behind the scenes that orchestrated the murder of a president and stole and diverted our government in a direction it would never have gone except that these people gained power and captured America and diverted us. A Supreme Court that acted contrary to the, the will of the people, the Constitution, and diverted America. These dark angels have spread their wings over America. We're coming to break their wings. They got there by blood sacrifices and mm. continue to hold power via blood sacrifice. Wow. The only way to break that is by the blood of Christ. Right on. We That's overcome good. sin. We overcome these dark angels. And we are taking control back of America. Uh, there's a series of articles and broadcasts. There'll be more over the next days and weeks going against a group that uh, of candidates that I uh, was able to, you know, help facilitate coming together. We call the uh, uh, Citizens and Candidates Coalition for America United. And... Um, that coalition of candidates we have i think 23 states represented in it is a huge threat um uh started with sos secretary of state who control the way elections are handled and what laws you're going to go after and, and hold and things like that it is where the soros team started their attack on america's secretary of state because they did a they yeah. gamed out how do you take control of the politics in america and they started with the secretary of state's positions so when we saw what was going on in the election and the mischief going on in the way the laws were chosen to be enforced, Secretary of State's and the fact that Soros team and these globalists attacked us in that way, that's where I started. And so we now have the largest candidates coalition in the country, Wow, like-minded people. Mm. So now this global cabal has... Uh, decided that we are the group that must be shut down by whatever means necessary. Yeah, we saw and they pulled out all the stops. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, saw MSNBC at least saw them uh, attacking you early on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's there. It, it, New York Times did something yesterday. Other stuff earlier in the week, and and they've all, you know, it's not coincidence. No. They're all in on it because they've they've kind of coordinated their actions. There's there's other stuff that we're aware of that that I, I don't bring into the public, but we know how it was coordinated and who put out the hit and the money and like that and, and uh, uh, baited. So you know, at, at the end of the day, though, let me I'm, I'm talking to your listeners. Listen, understand, they're not actually coming after me. Right, they're coming after you. They're mad because we as citizens are trying to figure out and get on a path towards transparency in the voting system. And it's not a honest system. It has all sorts of flaws in it. It's not just the electronic. It's not just the Dominion. It's not just the ESNS systems. It's also the paper. Those ballots in 2000 mules, those are all paper ballots. Uh, uh, so there's lots of gaps in here for manipulation. Uh, one of the, there's, there's stuff in the background that I'll, I'll hold back on for the moment, but, um, you know, uh, remember that we've had votes that were manipulated. President Kennedy, he got there because his dad paid off the Chicago mob to go out and stuff the ballot boxes and he won over Nixon 
based on fraud in Chicago. Okay. We've had ballot fraud problems for a very long time. The hanging chads, uh, you know, which went to the favor of the Republicans, you know, with, with Bush. Well, okay. So if you're a Democrat, do you like uh, that elections can be thrown in this way? What's very dangerous as far as this global cabal is concerned is that uh, we have people from both sides, all sides, independents, Democrats, Republicans, all asking the same question. Can we count on, rely on the vote system to actually reflect the will of the people? And I go back to the assassination of a president who they, this global cabal uh, felt uh, could not be manipulated to go the direction they wanted to go mm. and had to be replaced with somebody that would follow that. Um, and that's what's been going on ever since uh, with various incidents. Oklahoma City, which was a fraud on the American people. Uh, 9-11, which was a fraud on the American people. You know, when we talk about symbology. 9-11, all 42 gods of the Greek Parthenon are present, represented in various structures symbolically around the 9-11 sacrifice site. Everybody oh, wow. gets all excited about... You're saying uh, they've stuff. added that in after the fact, or was there before 9-11? Oh, no, yes. it was there before 9-11. They had to witness everything. For example, one of the last features to arrive was the bull on Wall Street, oh, Taurus. And... Uh, that was given not nobody ever paid for it just showed up in the middle of the street somebody paid huge money for it why because that was representative of uh one of the gods of the greek parthenon um everybody gets excited about the statue of liberty you mentioned the liberty bell earlier well what where where's where's uh isis in this whole thing statue of liberty the people that created it the uh french freemason society that gave it to America uh, right in their paperwork and all of their dissertations on this. It's the statue of ISIS. It's mm. not our liberty, it's their liberty. And by the way, I mean, it's, it's a gross thing, but I will say this. What is the torch in ISIS's hand? I never... It's, it's, yeah. it's of Osiris. I did. I had. I only came across. That. I don't remember if you said it, Johnny, or if I saw it somewhere else. But I can't remember if it's an inverted or something. But yes, it's, it's inverted. Yeah, and people wouldn't. And if it's not pointed out to you, you wouldn't see it. But when once you can't unsee it once you zoom That's in right. on that thing. So and see what you, what well, the reason I raised that is because what's running our country right now is a cult. Washington D.C. itself. Our federal city running America, controlling America, in the hands of globalists behind the scenes running America, it's as religious a city as the Vatican. And by the way, the city of London is a religious of a city as the Vatican also. Uh, a political religion, a financial religion, a religion hidden in plain sight. You know, one of the things that, that people don't see, don't understand completely, that's absolutely critical for the Christians in your audience to understand. Just like we have a captured operation in the politics of America right now, and we're fighting back, um, and a captured operation in the monetary system, which is only just beginning literally right now this week, uh, 
on on other new venues. Uh, by the way, today is 6-6-2022. Okay, but we started, we invaded at Normandy in World War II, 6-6-1944. This is D-Day in the spiritual realm. Um, but let me just say this. Politics is religion in the way that it's been practiced here in America. You look at the city of Washington, D.C., just do a simple uh, search in any of the search engines, occult uh, symbology, Washington, D.C., every street, every name, every alliance. The entire city is one huge religious city spectacle to the world, hidden right in plain sight. The Washington Monument itself, I mentioned that it's in the hand of ISIS, the Statue of Liberty. What's it symbolic of? Washington Monument. Washington Monument is the piece of Osiris in their cult. I write about it in my book. I talk about it. Uh, it's a cult running America right there in plain sight. It's the high priests of this global religion, and they've captured America, these dark angels running America. And so the American people, when you when you look at the history of America, the, the pilgrims that came here, they came here for religious freedom. They were being told they had to use the accepted scriptures in the King's English, the King James Bible, who wasn't even a Christian, but it was uh, tainted, canted in a way that made kingship over the people, lordship over the people, uh, sound acceptable and seem acceptable mm. with the word choices that existed there. Uh, the pilgrims didn't use the King James Bible when they got here. They were revolted by it. And they came here for religious freedom. Think about it. Um, if you don't have political freedom, if somebody else is picking your masters and how your labor is spent within the community, what projects you promote and don't, you know, government paid for murder of babies, abortion, or murder by injection, which is what's going on right now, ordered and mandated. If you don't have freedom politically, if you don't have freedom economically to take your life's, uh, you, you only have so much time on the planet. So many instant seconds. Mm. It's a limited time. Mm. And if a huge portion of those are captured and diverted to somebody else's work, their, their desires, not yours. If you are working under divine direction by God's hand to worship God, but yet your labors are doing somebody else's bidding, then are you truly free? So to have a government that reflects how you think, who you are, your place before God is absolutely critical. And if, you, if somebody has captured your government, you may be free to say or do certain things up to a point, but then you know, it's limited. And, uh, you know, the 501c3 churches, the uh, theft of your labors to, you know, uh, do things that you wouldn't otherwise do. Um, uh, if we don't recapture our government, your religious freedom is limited. You know, we, we, we saw before uh, when, when Reagan attacked the evil empire that, uh, you know, the people in Russia were, were crying out because of the restrictions put on them religiously. In fact, uh, you go to Israel, what's the largest population of uh, Israelis? Where did they come from? 
They came from Russia, Russian Jews, to escape religious intolerance mm. and persecution in Russia. And by the way, why, why would Putin have any right to do anything at all around Israel and, and in the Middle East? Because they have a diaspora a population of Russians that live there. I'll tell you something that most of your audience doesn't even know. Did you know that Putin stayed in a kibbutz in Israel as a young man really? for over no. a year? Yes. He wow. understands the Israeli people very well. One of my associates was there at the kibbutz with him. What was he doing there as a young man? Why did he stay there? Well, he was, he was uh, you know, being set up to be an intelligence officer. Okay. You got to understand your, your enemy. But by the way, Russian Jews. Mm. Okay. Mm. And he has, he's very, he's very knowledgeable on religious subject matter. He goes to Greece and all of the Orthodox uh, priests pay him very uh, deep respect. Uh, in uh, sincere respect in Russia. Let's have an honest conversation with, with the group here that you're, is, is your constituency here in Russia. After uh, we collapsed the ruble, the final stage in the destruction of the evil empire, we won world war three. The Soviet union does not exist anymore. We did it without having a global nuclear war. Uh, those of us that participated in that, um, you know, that was that was an amazing uh, victory. Okay, all done covertly with people mm. whose names and real backgrounds and oper operations weren't known. Okay, because you didn't hear about it in the New York Times, you didn't see what was going on precisely. All with people that had other names, other covers, etc and took out the Soviet Union. It was a covert war. And in the, in the course of doing that, when it was wiped out, when it was collapsed, what got sent in there? Playboy, uh, uh, financial um, hyenas, mm. MTV. Uh, even MTV, everything else. It, it was destroying Russia from within. Yeah. Uh, and so what, what, when Putin came into power, what did he do? One of the things that's virtually unknown in the West, one of the most critical things, when you fight a war, who fights it? The kids, the young people. When the children of Israel left the Sinai Desert, crossed the river, and went into the Promised Land and began the fight, all of the people that were born in Egypt had died out, except for Joshua and Caleb, the good spies. Only those that hadn't experienced Egypt that were 20 years or younger when they left Egypt, all of those people got to go into the promised land that had survived everything else. So the young people have to be um, taught. Some people would say indoctrinated, whatever, raise a child in the way he should go, and he will not depart from it even in his old age mm. so when Putin came to power one of the things that he personally directed be done they started programming in kids tv shows and the programming was about uh young kids who were school-aged children 
who were fighting evil uh, uh, demons, monsters, oppressors, etc., who were witches, warlocks, and merlins, a la Harry Potter. Mm. So they start this kid's TV show in Russia. It's the most popular show in Russia for little kids. And they see themselves getting victory and protecting the motherland and their own families and their own communities from witches, warlocks, and merlins. Well, that's now just think fascinating. About that. <laughs> that's well, fascinating. and so now let's let's move it to a different, slightly different thing. What's going on in China right now? Just a few months back, the Chinese government ordered that there was going to be no more girly boy uh, uh, broadcasting of singing groups and uh, kids shows and all that. All boys must present in a strong male persona. Wow. They cannot come across as, uh, you know, effeminate. Mm-hmm. I mean, they literally made this the thing. Why? Because they want to program the kids and get them ready to be at battle, at war. By the way, a 200 million man army walking down into Israel in, in uh, the time of Armageddon. Where's it coming from? The only country in the world that can feel that army and comes from that direction is going to be China. They're getting ready for war. Um, you look at all the numerical symbology of today with this six six mm. okay six 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 uh cern the imagery around the cern c- computer system six 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 it's all over the place they put in all their stuff even the the uh you know the thing that's being mandated around the world it's totally encoded in six 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 totally it's, oh yeah i've seen some of that the the, the patent for that COVID oh six oh six oh six or something like that Mm-hmm. That Luciferase, or yeah, yeah, Luciferase. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let me ask you a question, because um, I've got two questions that I want to blend together, and then just turn you loose again on this. Um, um, we had this all together on our notes, so um, I know you see these coming. But uh, the one question is: what uh, when people uh, ask about the Q connection in you, what do you say to them? And I'm just to blend this with the other question. You can answer it. In any- and then I would I'd love to know what your what your sense is of where we are now, especially as it relates to Trump, Trump returning. Uh, is he going to return? Will he return? Is it soon? And and then the final question, I'll blend again, this all blend together. Are we about to witness or are we already involved in the biggest sting operation against the deep state in our life? Is that a thing? Is that real? Is there a sting operation? So wherever you want to go with that one, let's just do the last half of this program like that. Well, okay. Uh, a lot of your folks, maybe they aren't familiar with stuff that I've talked about before. Right. right. I don't want to burden them, uh, slow it down too much. Yeah. Um, the Washington Monument, the Osiris uh, uh, phallic symbol that's the center of mm-hmm. our federal city. It's a great big, it's a big, great big F U right in the middle of our federal mm. city. It literally, that is the meaning of it. Mm. From a demonic, uh, satanic direction, that is the meaning. You you can you can want to be nice, you can want to put it nice, couchy, flowery terms. It's the Washington Monument. Um, the devil loves that you don't see him right in front of you. 
hidden in plain sight. Uh, with that in mind, in their occult religion, the death and resurrection day of Osiris, what's the story? It's, it's a short story. If you've heard it, just bear with us for a second for those that haven't, please. In the Greek mythology, in the Babylonian mythology, uh, the Egyptian mythology, Osiris was born as a twin brother to Set. They were considered, uh, Osiris was considered the most evil, um, cruel of the gods. Uh, his brother Set, his twin brother, was considered the nicest uh, kindest, most, uh, you know, caring for the humans of the gods. Their mother was Isis, uh, who'd been raped by Zeus and, you know, had these kids. So, and there's variations on the myth. And I know that. And so you just have to kind of each of the various branches of religion, it's like, you know, comparing Jew and Catholic and, mm. uh, Mormon and other stuff. There's variations, but the basic story is that Isis has these twins by whatever means it happens and uh, one good one evil in a variation of the Cain versus Abel story uh set the good brother uh protecting the human race and everything else whatever uh he on the 17th day of the first month of the year which the Babylonian calendar starts in the spring not in the winter uh he kills o o Osiris and when he killed him, just to make sure he wouldn't come back, he chops his body into 14 pieces. And so the death date of Osiris is the 17th of the first month of the year. Then on the same day, his mother, Isis, finds out that Osiris has been murdered. She races out around the world being a god, and she finds 13 of the 14 pieces of his body. Hmm. The 14th piece is his penis, hmm. which has apparently been thrown in the ocean, according to legend, was eaten by a fish. So apparently she can find all the parts, but the one eaten by a fish she can't find. So whatever. She brings all the pieces together in one place, assembles his body like a Frankenstein monster, and then she fashions a piece out of stone attaches it to the dead corpse. Look, this is their story, not mine. You know, it's like a Hollywood, mm -hmm. you know, horror movie, whatever. She fashions the out of stone, attaches it to his dead corpse, and then the mother has sex with her child. Mm -hmm. She becomes impregnated. And because she's impregnated on that same day that was his death day, through his dead corpse, he is resurrected in his son. So she has a child later by the name of Horus, who becomes literally the sun god. The sun that we look out at the sky every day is their god in this Osiris religion. And uh, in fact, in Washington, D.C., when the sun is cast across the Washington Monument, wherever its shadow falls, Oftentimes, the most important press conferences, the most important documents that are released to the world. If you look at the time where the shadow is from the Washington Monument, where the tip of the shadow falls on that day, that's when some big important announcement comes out right then. The timing mm. is just bizarre because they use it. They're doing everything in the shadow of 
Osiris by the light of his son. You're saying when they set these dates, you we can tell even by the dates that they set who's behind these set dates and what they're they're just trying to even the hour of the day, even wow. the hour of the day, even by the moonlight, by the way, also where the shadow is cast on that day at that time will oftentimes be when something's done. So it's it's an hour glass clock thing. It's their religion. Just you know, mm -hmm. get over it. Mm -hmm. So when when you understand that the death and resurrection date of Osiris in their religion is the 17th day of the month. The number of Osiris is 17. 17 is also the 17th letter of the alphabet is Q. Okay. So as, as a mark of their power and their strength, they put 17 all over the place on their projects. Um, when President Kennedy was assassinated, his gravesite has an eternal torch in it. What's the eternal torch symbolic of? You see it at the Statue of Liberty. It's the Osiris energy power. We will live. Isis is holding the peak of Osiris, ripped out by the roots, and that roots is the flame. They put the flame on the, on the uh, uh, site of Kennedy's grave. And then what do you see around the grave? If you look at it, around the grave, of President Kennedy, the walkway, the crosswalk, mm -hmm. spells out a great big Q. Well, I didn't know because that. Because the depends. grave is oh. sealed with the Q representing 17, representing Osiris. By the way, in magic, the most powerful magic spells are three times the spell. So a witch turns in the circle three times, uh, knock on the door three times, parliament, before you can enter parliament. Rap, 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 three raps on the door, and then you get to enter parliament and the magic Kennedy, begins. Kennedy wasn't an occultist, was he? You're not saying Kennedy planned it this way, are you? Kennedy was fighting these globalists and had had a coming of age realizing what was at stake. He he was very concerned that once he got into office after the Bay of Pigs. And that whole debacle with all the generals, that he himself was going to be put in a position to preside over Armageddon, nuclear war, the destruction of millions and millions and millions of lives. And that he had to hold the line and push back, including against the bankers. He released the uh, uh, silver certificate to uh, uh, backed money again, mm -hmm. um, tying it to silver. And uh, trying to do that, and this one of the very first acts that Johnson did, you know, immediately after coming to power was to negate that and call back in all of that uh, silver-backed money. Um, so there's, they were very much at odds with Kennedy because he wouldn't play the game. And they thought they had a guy that would be in their control, their power uh, in office, and he literally had, um, especially in the last uh, year that he was in office, uh, come to realize that he he had to fight back as best he could. And uh, uh, he was well outnumbered, believe me. Mm. So with that in mind, though, uh, for example, to just give you an idea of how pervasive this 17 mythology is in, in the way they use numbers as uh, symbolically in this cult, um, three times the magic is the most powerful 
form of a spell. So the witch turns three times in the circle, three times knock on the door, you know, various things like that. Uh, what's three times 17? Yeah, 21, Okay, what's the most magical, mysterious, hidden place? Oh, Area 51, isn't it? in the American military system. Absolutely. See, they do it over and over and over again because it's their cult and they're doing their magic right in plain sight. And so, for example, the Washington Monument, we have a Christian uh, audience here today, primarily. Let's have the conversation. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button to become a partner today. The most powerful symbol in this occult religion, this Osiris cult that's running America today, the most powerful symbol for them is the monolith, the uh, uh, tower, um, this spire that we see as the Washington Monument. The entire federal city is built around it. Hmm. You have a similar uh, pillar monument in the Vatican Square. Seen that, and the city is is built around it. Why? Because that's the symbol of Osiris. It's it's Osiris, a liberty coming uh, from the peace. What's the symbology? It's that it's their version of the cross, in their satanic Luciferian religion. The peace of Osiris, that symbol, is as powerful because it's the death and resurrection of Osiris on the seventeenth day of the month. Death and Resurrection Day, that's their symbol as much as the cross is about death and resurrection for Christians. But here's the thing. Here's how devious, how monstrous this crew is that's found its way into America. You go to the churches around America, and especially in the eastern part of the country, and on Sunday we'll have a beautiful service, might have, you know, some group that comes in midweek to you know have a special presentation or whatever but what else did you have in the churches the churches were the common gathering place in the middle of the week mm. for the masons mm. really you know, statue of liberty was given by the french freemasons to america you have a masonic thing president washington was a mason the founding fathers were mostly masons who took control of the religious segment of americans the pilgrims and the states, and then coddled them together with this uh, government uh, that uh, brought order to the states that were very independent. And so that Masonic crew uh, got control of America, and they were meeting in the churches in the basement in the midweek, no windows in the dark of the basement. They all had mm. basements. Okay. And then on Sunday, You'd have the open religion uh, up on top, and many of the church members were Masons. The Finney Revival that happened in the late 1700s and early 1800s here in America. What was the centerpiece of the Finney Revival that, that America was transformed for a period of time? It was huge. It led to the Brits coming back with the 1812 Revolution. Why did they come back here? Because the Masons were getting pushed out of power again, and they had to, and they were getting pushed out of the financial thing. That was the whole thing with Adams. You're saying that's what Finney stuff. was. Finney was that's chasing what Finney the Masons. Was fighting. Oh, yeah, I didn't he know was, that. Finney, Finney was a Mason. He was like, yeah, Finney came out. And he was 
saying that's I bad, see. but it come out. So it was a, a direct loss of power for the Masons. Oh, away. wow. I didn't know that. Finney, Finney was pleading with God for a pouring out of the Holy Spirit like happened mm -hmm. in Acts. Please, God, why aren't we seeing an age like happened in Acts coming alive in America? And when he was pleading with God, God said, you have to renounce masonry. He was a mason. If you renounce your masonry, I'll pour out my spirit. Yeah, and that's exactly what he did. And then he went to all the politicians, even signers of the Constitution, and many of them renounced their Masonic roots. Why? Because it isn't of Christ. It's not of God. But here's the thing. All those churches, they were a blended religion. In the Old Testament, Ezekiel was caught up in the spirit, and he went over the temple grounds, and he saw the high priests inside the temple grounds, and they were turning their ass towards the throne of God and bowing to the rising sun. And they had the monuments to the tower God, the pillar God, in their holy of holies with uh, the throne of God. What's the monuments to the tower God? The spires, the Washington Monument, the pillars. It was Osiris, his right there in the holy of holies and hidden from the people in Jerusalem. God had to catch up Ezekiel in the spirit and show him what was going on. The people didn't know because the temple grounds, the inner parts, the inner workings of the temple were hidden from the people. And wow. inside the temple, the high priests were worshiping Satan. Uh, right hey, there let me ask you, inside. Well, hold let me on, ask let me finish one you. thing. No, go ahead, go ahead. Outside the gate, Ezekiel also saw that the women were weeping for Tammuz, which is a variation of the Osiris uh, myth, where he goes to hell half the year and he's up in the rest of the world the other half of the year uh, doing his stuff spring and, uh, or, you know, summer and winter. And so this religion, this is a blended religion right there mm. in Jerusalem, and God put an end to it in Ezekiel's time. How do we see this blended religion in the church here today? Go look at the churches as you drive down the road. And if you see a pillar, a tower, a spire, a steeple mm. on that church with a cross on top of it, that is the blended religion as much as it was in Ezekiel's time. It's it's the the church members. It's hidden in plain sight. You don't even see it. Oh, they're doing it on purpose. Cross. Are they we're doing it on purpose? Yes, yes. They they they're the architects mm. of these things. They're the architects of the cities. They're the ones that are approved that everybody goes to, and they hide their little symbology right in plain sight. You think it's just beautiful because it's it's a spire raising the cross. Mm. It's the blended religion. Remember, in their mind. Um, uh, even the symbology of a stone from a satanic perspective, you're dealing with a being, an entity that has lived for eons. Right. The intelligence of that satanic Luciferian entity is as many as all the lives of all the people that have ever lived on earth. You yeah. think you're going to outsmart it? And what's it doing 
knowing where technology can go and everything else. What, what is the life that we have? We are based on biological flesh and blood life. What the sci-fi people, I have one of the larger sci-fi collections in the country. Hmm. And what do they go over, over and over and over and over? What's uh, Armageddon? What's uh, the revelations all about? This beast, what's CERN all about? The largest computer in the world. It's the um, ghost in the machine. Hmm. It's a machine that's able to carry the intelligence, the consciousness of the monster, the beast, the Lucifer thing, blended with the human DNA. Um, even this this shot, there's an aspect of that that I could go into that's just scary as I'll get out with the um, particular way that uh, the material manifests. I, mean, I want to save that for maybe next time we have you on. Yeah. We've got about 20 minutes. I wonder for these last 20 minutes if you can uh, jump to the part where where are we as it relates to Trump and what did we need to see? Obviously, some of the stuff you're telling us about, we needed to see this. Where are we in that scheme of thing of Trump? And what kind of things do you say to people or can you say or whatever that would kind of... Well, let me, let, me just, let me just jump right in there. So okay, uh, people are constantly, when's Trump coming back? How's Trump coming back? It can't happen legally, blah, blah, blah. Um, <clears throat> It can happen legally. It's just not the way that people want to think of it. Yeah. We're not doing a coup here in America. And it has to be the American people. The reason it hasn't happened thus far is because had Trump, let's just do a mind game. Had Trump uh, uh, signed the Insurrection Act December 18th of 2020, which all of his advisors, like Job's advisors, were there in the White House telling him, you know, sign it, sign it, sign it. we got to stop these people from stealing the country, etc., and I've said this numerous times, uh, if he had signed it right then and there, and he had cause to, because remember, there was an executive order from September 12, 2018. The executive order directed the director of national intelligence, which, by the way, the director of national intelligence is the 17th agency hmm. in our homeland security system that supervises the other 16. Why 17? Because it's the number. Okay. So the director of national intelligence, Ratcliffe, was under an executive order to use all available investigative tools inside of homes, Homeland Security to look for and uh, track any foreign interference in the American election. In the federal election, it said all federal elections, you have to use all available resources. Why? Because we're in this Russia gate thing, claiming that the Russians helped uh, Trump to get into office. So Trump put something in. You investigate to outer space. If you see any signs of foreign interference in our electoral process, uh, you have to provide a report within 45 days of any federal election showing it a foreign interference in the election. So 45 days after November 3rd was December 18th. On December 18th, Ratcliffe was under orders to, you know, uh, executive order to provide whatever he had. Didn't have to be a final result. Whatever you have showing foreign interference in the election to the various agency heads and to the president so that there could be action taken. And if you imagine December 18th, we still had a whole month, over a month until the inauguration. Yeah, 33 days, by the way, another Masonic number. Mm. And... Uh, so when the 18th showed up, 
Ratcliffe uh, a few days earlier to take the wind out of the sail says, I don't think I'm going to be able to provide that. I'm not getting cooperation for, from the other agencies, the other intelligence agencies. So the OSIRIS-17 intelligence agencies protecting America and watching out for any foreign interference to, to damage or capture us refuses to uh, provide that that information to the president or the appropriate agency heads without the benefit of those investigative agencies without the input they didn't even give them a preliminary report a partial report nothing they just gave the president the finger literally mm. i'm serious they, intentionally that's the that's the imagery it's the Osiris imagery. They gave him the finger. Mm. That was a religious sign. People don't even understand it. You know, when they do that, they're mm. actually giving the FU, we're in charge, we're Osiris, we make the decisions, you're not in charge of your life. So uh, far more meaningful than people really grasp. So when Congress, what President Trump said, you know, America, you know, uh, you should make Congress aware of, of your concerns here. Uh, Congress is going to vote with the Electoral College, receive those votes, and determine who the next president's going to be on January 6th. So Trump says, well, Americans should show up and you know, let Congress know what you think. So Americans did. They started showing up on the 4th. There was all sorts mm -hmm. of uh, uh, meetings and, and speakers on the 5th uh, that spoke there in days. And, and uh, then um, uh, on the 6th, uh, they came and President Trump made this beautiful presentation. Mm -hmm. And you'll note that when he came out, it was an hour late, mm -hmm. over an hour late. He sat there in the Secret Service vehicles near where he was going to speak and everybody's waiting. He waits for over an hour. What was the sneaky part of that? The groups that were coordinating and planning to breach the Capitol building were on the clock. They had synchronized watches. The operation begins at such and so time. The president's going to speak. And when he's done, all the people are going to come down here and we're going to, we're going to bait him into a huge riot and make him look like, uh, you know, some horror movie. So when the president started an hour late and then went long on his presentation and then told everybody to go in peace, they were already moments later breaching the building. The people that were there watching the president were down breaching the building. And by the way, that was the largest gathering of American citizens in Washington, D.C. in history. Two wow. million Americans showed up there in the dead of winter. Think of the 60s war protests. Think of the 60s racial rights marches. And they pale in comparison to the amount of Americans that showed up on January 6th. And then even with the baiting, we know some of the players were, were trained by CIA out of uh, Ukraine. They were there on a mission. We show it. I show it in my movie, The Called, The Makings of a Perfect Day. Go over to 107daily.com and look in the uh, in the uh, movies, and it's free right there. You can go and watch it. There's, you know, it's free to charge. Uh, that's one of the most watched movies in, in the country, 7 million views.
since it was released oh. a year and a half ago and um uh gave it to the world for free and you can see what the crowd is they were there in prayer it was an amazing uh day but this january 6th committee is trying to vilify the american citizens the two million that showed up as being part of some uh attempt to overthrow the legitimate government of the united states to overthrow a legitimate election those two million people showed up because they wanted Congress to know that they were not buying into what they were told about the election. And they represented, those two million represented another, you know, 75, 80 million people out across the country who felt something clearly was wrong. And all they were asking, all that uh, Trump was even asking Pence was to send the electors back home from the electoral college and verify that they were actually right. Double check to make sure there wasn't fraud in the voting before they certified. And even the date, January 20th of the inauguration of the president is recent in the last century. Prior to that, it was all the way in March. So they had the opportunity to, uh, pause and go back and verify that the election actually went the way it did. And by the way, all of the fencing around DC, which I wrote about, talked about, did presentations about all the way back in 2015, people thought it was insane to say that the city be surrounded in fences. It's right there in my book. That's based on presentations I did before Trump even announced he was running for the presidency. Think about that for a minute. So with that in mind, um, uh, again, we look at right now, Trump did not sign the Insurrection Act. Congress, without the benefit of Homeland Security's report, certified an election without even waiting to find out if there was any information of foreign interference in the election, and then just you're saying Pence, Pence did that, right? Well, it wasn't just Pence. Pence just refused to. Uh, he he could have, because he had the deciding vote. He could have said, "No, we're going to ask the states to go back and verify uh, their results in the mm-hmm. way the votes were tallied, and make sure that they were honest votes before they certified that Biden won." Take a pause. You still had two weeks until uh, uh, the swearing-in ceremony if you were going to stick with January 20th, and you could go all the way out to March. And the fencing was paid for before the inauguration to go through March 6th. Hmm. So wow. they were ready to do it. If, if, if Pence had sent it back, if Congress had agreed, let's go back and double-check. we got a little time here and verify. They could have, you know done it on an emergency basis and and held it the 20th or they could have you know even pushed it out to march Hmm. and not been in violation of the constitution or something they went ahead and certified without verifying uh president trump stepped aside biden was sworn biden is the president of the united states i famously said uh Long before the election, before Biden even became the nominee, I had bets 
whoever uh, uh, votes for the Democratic nominee uh, uh, and then later I said Biden um, first of all Trump is still going to be a president he wasn't going to be indicted I mean uh, uh, convicted uh, he wasn't going to be impeached remember Congress, the representatives voted for impeachment, but that doesn't actually make him impeached unless the Senate right. also votes and verifies it. So you can be indicted for any crime, but unless the jury convicts you, you're not convicted. You're not impeached in this case. So while Trump uh, was indicted or he was, he was impeached by the representatives, it was not an impeachment of the president removing what were you saying a second ago i want you to finish your thought you said you said ahead of time whoever votes for the democratic Democratic nominee uh by april 1st april fool's day um they'll be the fool and trump will still be president um he is still a president he was never impeached he'll be a president for eternity unless Congress impeaches him. Um, Biden, he's a president too. I never said he wouldn't be a president, but he, if you voted for him, my contention today is you're looking like a fool. You looked like a fool back then, and you're looking more like a fool every day. Hmm. Uh, Certainly that's opened everybody's interpretation, but at the end of the day, I think it's becoming more and more evident that uh, uh, that's the way it is. That said, how does Trump come back? In reality, most people are understanding that something has to happen to correct the 2020 election. I've said it in my book, uh, page 71. Election 2020 will equal mega, make America great again, to the third power or cubed over corn. E equals M3 cubed over corn. Why is that equation important? Because, and that, that was something I got in a dream. I mean, I, you know, I talk about it in the book, uh, when I was off the coast of Iran, when, uh, uh, who's the corn, who are the mega people that have to be amplified to the third power? Is the, the flyover, the flyover country? Is that what you're talking about? No corn. Who's the corn? Uh, let's look at Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg put all the drop boxes out. He spent a half a billion dollars of his own money putting drop boxes out across the country for the vote to be stuffed in. That's what 2000 Mules is all about. Zuckerberg uh, drop boxes. And these these votes that were um, false, hijacked, uh, you know, fraudulently being cast put in those drop boxes because we're in the middle of a pandemic and and we need this because it's not safe to go vote yourself or something. So who is Zuckerberg? Zuckerberg is the guy that founded Facebook. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's, what's wrong with that? He didn't create Facebook. He was given Facebook. Yeah. Facebook was a creation of DARPA and it was called LifeLog. Mm-hmm. And they spent hundreds of millions of dollars of American taxpayer money at the Defense Advanced Research Program uh, 
they spent this money, American people's money, in a militarized project to militarize the social media space. And then, and it was stolen at that from a guy in Florida who actually created the program, still has the source code keys, but it was stolen from him and uh, deployed out to the world on the day that the LifeLog program shut down, which was 2-4 of 2004, a very important symbolic ritual number. At noon on the same day, Zuckerberg incorporated or somebody in his behalf, Facebook. And Facebook was literally handed to Zuckerberg as a completed project. People think he's some genius. He's not some genius. His name isn't originally even Zuckerberg. You're being given, you know, people don't use their real name. Well, Zuckerberg isn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got a problem? You got a problem with me? What about Zuckerberg? <laughs> Yeah. Come on, be real. And by the way, just as an aside, uh, Michael LaVon Robinson. Hmm. Oh, Not the name that? he goes by now. <laughs> oh, that's Zuckerberg? No. no Michael LaVon Robinson. Michelle. Michelle. Excuse me, but come on, man. Listen, audience. <laughs> you see what he said? You are being scammed. I, I... Yeah, I, I, you'll have to tell me that one later because it's going over my head. But uh, but Mike, you've got it, Johnny. So. But well, so are long saying, and short are, of it, no, I, are, Michelle are, is a you, guy. Yeah, yeah. So Michelle you're saying that's you're saying that's Zuckerberg's original name? No, no, no. Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg. That's not his real name. Michelle right. Obama. Michelle oh, wasn't oh. the name she was born okay, with. Okay, okay, Michelle. Sorry, okay. I was, I was. <laughs> no, I'm telling was, you that all these yeah. players are changing oh. their names and plain sight. Okay. Oh, okay, wow. so Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg is given a corporation that day one cost hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to create. And then they use servers to put that whole thing out that are out of the government system. They give them a super sweet deal. Yeah, to I mean, those, those great movies, at least one that was an amazing movie about Zuckerberg founding this. It was all a big made up story, wasn't it? Well, let me let me let me take this a little further. So Zuckerberg, if he didn't create this entity, it was created by money from the American taxpayers and handed to him. Who behind the scenes yeah. in the political, military, media establishment? Remember, Eisenhower says, beware of the military-industrial complex. It should be military-industrial, social media, political complex. In that military, political, social media complex, who behind the scenes has the power to hand, hand a kid in college something that's going to be worth hundreds of billions of dollars and control the conversation, not just across America, but all over the world? And then at this moment in time, who told him of his controllers? Because he didn't create this. He's somebody's dog on a leash. Who told him, you're going to take a half billion dollars and hand it over for uh, drop boxes around America so we can stop votes in there on the side? His wealth comes from the American military industrial 
a, a spy complex. Somebody told him, yeah. you're going to do this. And he put that out there and it came from inside the camp. Hmm. Traders inside the camp cooking the vote against the American citizens to put somebody in power. If, if uh, Zuckerberg is not his own man and it pushed a certain direction to get a particular candidate or candidates into office over America fraudulently, are those candidates that got into office their own men or are people behind the scenes pulling their strings also? And are they inside the U.S. military, industrial, political, media establishment? Or are they globalists outside that have wormed their way into our system like Soros and others helping to get our secretaries of state and attorney generals and prosecutors into positions around the country so you can't get a vote fraud case heard? Do you understand what I'm saying yeah, here? Totally. This is a militarized operation yeah. to capture your country. This is fourth column stuff. It's not a nuclear bomb. When we took down the Soviet Union, I'm one of the people that can say this. We didn't use nuclear bombs to destroy the evil empire. So is that a hopeful thing for us moving forward? American people are the key to this whole thing. You have to have 80 plus percent, a very precise number. You have to have 80 plus percent going in the same direction in agreement. That does not mean Republicans. It does not mean even conservatives. It does not mean pro-Trumpers. Mm, that's good. It means Americans are in step together, forming a line and saying, we will not be run by foreign powers, occult mm. powers, hidden powers. We want transparency in our election system. What percentage we are we vote, now? One vote, one count, one citizen counted correctly. That's what we want. If we're in step on that, what does it stop? The greatest threat to America right now. Yeah. If we need 80%, is, hold on, where are I got to tell you this. Oh, I got to go tell you this. I got to say this go right. Ahead. Okay. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com and click the donate today button. Why do we have to have 80%? Because at 80 plus percent, a specific number, we don't fall into civil war yeah. catastrophically. It doesn't mean there won't be um, some protests, some drama, some people coming out and making drama across mm. America. There is gonna be drama. This is gonna be a long, hot summer into the fall. But when you have more than 80% in agreement that something's wrong, we have to stop and get this sorted out. That's how you avoid a civil war us taking on each other. And when you have civil war in a country, how did the Soviet Union come into existence? Civil war, civil war. They want us to go with the war with each other mm. with our brothers. Yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah. Well, as our time's wrapped up here, but can, do you have a number that you can share that you think where we're at? How close are we to that 80 something? We gotta be approaching it, don't we? Well, when when you do 
I have a lot of high horsepower cars and stuff like that. Trying to get that extra, you know, yeah. few tenths of a second as you get closer to the capability, maximum capability of a drivetrain. It's that little last couple miles per hour are the moon. It, you know, it costs way more for every horsepower as you get past a certain point. It, it's we have a lot of work to do and it has to be a solid number it can't be a transient number yeah. otherwise with the ebb and flow of, of events you have fair weather people that could fall back to the direction let me use this example this is a very quick example but it's very sure. important the nfl survived and and football itself you know for a century without uh you know the refs were the king on the field they made the decisions and it stuck but with the advent of better technology and cameras and uh, uh, video, um, television monitor—you know, not just the people in the stands at a distance, but you know, eyes across the world looking—we had a series of a couple of different years where there was huge games with a lot at stake, and some calls that later you could see in the in the uh, videos and replays uh, should have gone the other way potentially but the refs you know they can't be everywhere they do a fantastic job it's amazing but it make the refs look uh, bad maybe they're on the take uh careers coaches uh, owners a lot at stake and then for the fans if it somehow looks like something's robbed uh they can't get a fair thing the mob's paying somebody behind the scenes and they got ripped off they lose uh interest in the game if it looks like it's fixed so they had to come up with a solution, and the NFL did. They instituted the red flag program, and both teams get a red flag, and they get two red flags. And uh, if you use a red flag to stop a play and have it reviewed, it goes back to New York, and, and refs that are outside of that game double-check everything and make sure that it either went the way the refs called it or if there's a different angle. Uh, extra angles. I look at it with, you know, 22 cameras and try to decide, you know, if they can see something different, slight little angle, if there's a half an inch over the line or not, and uh, they'll make a call. And that helped the fans because they could see on the big board something going on and something was wrong. But there's one catch. The red flag must be thrown before the other team hikes the ball for the next play. Jeez. Once the next hike happens, it's all over. You can't throw the red flag. So teams practice to race back to the line. If they've had a call in their favor that might go the other way if they look at it closer, they race back to the line before the people up in the box that are talking to the coach over his earphones in their ear have had a chance to fully review the play and they're looking at 22 cameras and everybody's, you know, picking, you'd pick five, I'll pick five, I'll pick five. And they're trying to look at all the angles to see if the call on the field would be turned if they throw the red flag and the coaches, you know, he's listening to his guys. He saw an angle. He doesn't know that it's on the big screen. All the fans are watching and they're looking at it themselves. A lot of times you'll see the coaches watching the thing on the, on the board up above and the guys are racing back to the, to the line to get that playoff. And at the last possible second, the coach throws the flag down. Okay. That's the 2022 election in most people's mind. But that's not the day. Do you know what day 
is the hike that's the red flag day that all of America needs to be paying attention to right now. Hmm. 22 months is what federal law requires that they keep all of the data, all of the materials related to any federal election. That's the stuff in the machines. That's the paper. That's all the forensic evidence of what the vote was, how it was conducted, everything else. Even the case with Tina Peters in Colorado, what's the entire case about? Dominion was coming to do a service call on the machines that were in Mesa County that she controlled. And that service call, what she was afraid of was they were going to corrupt the data. So she had a contractor who was a CISA approved contractor, somebody that was part of the uh, cybersecurity infrastructure team. So he had clearance to do this. He came to Colorado and he made what's called an image. It's a snapshot. It's a picture. It does not mm-hmm. change a thing. It's like you making a copy of a CD in your computer. Mm-hmm. You're not changing. You're just making a copy of it. So he made a f- complete forensic copy of everything inside the Dominion uh, vote machines that she had, one of them that she had there. And uh, then Dominion came out and serviced it. And then after the service, the same person had set something up to be able to take another image. So they have a before and after when Dominion serviced that machine. Um, We know that one is not the same as the other. Mm -hmm. So now there's great drama. They're changing the data in the machine to hide what happened. That's the contention. That's Mm -hmm. what all these lawsuits are about. But they can't do that for 22 months. That's illegal. At 22 months, which is September 3rd, every vote location in America is going to have moving vans, uh, uh, incinerators, everything Mm. in the world pulled right up to it. And it's going to be a race to destroy Mm. the evidence on the 2020 election. And once that destruction begins and it's corrupted, that's that's it. We're out with the that? this, that's this coming September, right? That's, that's about September. September. It's not the 2022 election. It's September 3rd. Wow. Wow. It's racing up to us. If you're, look, like I said, mega, if you're a Make America Great Again person, if you think there was a problem in the last election, you have to throw the red flag down. And if you don't throw the red flag down by then, then live with the consequences. Uh, if you like the things the way things went, and there's a lot of people that do, then you want to get to September 3rd without any further issues, nothing to see here. We're going to move on. The whole fight's 2022 and 2024. 2020 is over with. There's many of us there that, for legal reasons, believe uh, that we're in the right to continue to look before the Mm -hmm. evidence gets destroyed okay we've got that 22 months for a reason if you're telling me that as of january 6th of last year we just had to live with the consequences Mm -hmm. why did navarro get arrested the other day because they were counseling president trump on what was going on and whether or not there was legal maneuvers that he should take to try and 
and slow down what was happening, not to overthrow the government, but to verify that the vote was actually conducted uh, lawfully and the uh, results were actually the results that actually the American people voted for. So the question is, am I, are any of your audience members, are any of those 2 million people that showed up in D.C. or the ones that supported the people that showed up in D.C., are they un-American? Are they seditious? Are they treasonous traitors? Are they wanting an insurrection in America if they want a transparent vote and they want to look at the data and they want to verify the data if they want to do a lawsuit and try to force the judges uh, to uh, unseal paper documents, the vote for comparative analysis. Is that an American to challenge a vote outcome? Of course The Democrats have done it over and over on their stuff. Both sides have done it. Yeah. That's what Vote Scam was about back in in the yeah. 80s when they wrote about it in the 90s with what was going on down there in Florida with with uh, uh, some of the stuff going on there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we well, are not treasonous traitors. No, and we shouldn't be cast as that, and not we should be. There should be some respect shown as Americans. This is not a conservative, or a liberal, or an independent subject where one of those Mm -hmm. can own it this is an american subject our freedom look if foreign influence of the type that the national director of intelligence and homeland security was supposed to be looking for if in fact it did occur that foreign governments nation state level groups um uh corporations globalists in a generic sense, moneyed people, if from outside America, outside the American population, they influenced the direction of who got elected and it serves their globalist purposes, even to the point of genocide, that's a national security threat to America. We have a responsibility to protect the people of America as fellow citizens. Not my brother's keeper, my brother's brother. It is not un-American to want to protect our freedom to make decisions as our own people without foreigners making those decisions. It's a national security issue. And we will press this forward. Whether these globalists or the people in office today like it or not, we are going to get to election transparency. And where there's problems, we're going to institute solutions. One way or another, the red flag will get thrown. And we will get a pause to get to the truth of what's going on. And if we don't, the threat is some kind of, uh, you know, civil thing. We're trying to stop that. I'm not pushing that. I'm trying to to stop it by let's be fair. Let's have an honest conversation and figure out what we've got to do to get this right. And this this is not us versus them. This is us together working towards the right solution. So good. Juan, thank you. This is really profoundly profound. It's just so good. You know, and I'd heard a little bit about that, the Mesa thing too. And um, yeah, this is really good. September is almost, I almost look forward to it because uh, I know there's the power, the powers that be on the white hats are all 
you know, powering through. But, you know, we could talk for a couple more hours, but we better not. So can you, do you want to mention your book, that book, uh, Kid by the Side of the Road? T- tell us about that for a second. Well, that's a copy of the first edition. Uh, first edition, I, I think, is mostly all gone. There's just a handful of them left over at um, uh, 107daily.com in the store. I think you just go to stores107daily.com. And uh, then the second edition has, uh, this first edition has President Trump on the back. And it's become quite a collector's item. I had some people yesterday that showed up that had first editions and I signed them. And oh. I don't sign that many. And um, But they're... They're gone. I'll never print them again. The second edition is getting thin on inventory, but that's the one that has Melania and her dress on it. And by the way, um, the book came out, first edition came out in October 2020, just before the election. I went to the printers in July. And on every page of the book, there's an orange cube. And that's, that's like, also on page 71. That's, that's important. That's like, that's like Melania's dress, and you did that before she wore the dress. I don't well, know because the president, everybody's using coded hidden messages. Yeah. President Trump during his entire administration was using codes just like all <laughs> the other ones by times and numbers and everything else. Well, his coded way of, of communicating with the American people in the world was the language of semaphore. So Melania's dresses were a coded message to the every, world. The first almost time. every time, huh? Every time. So Whoa. whenever she was in public, and so you had to look at them in sequence to read the message. And so foreign governments oh, were. We're going to have to have you back on and talk about that. By the way, Johnny, there has your first edition, a signed copy. I just found out last night. Yeah. Well, so. the second edition has Melania in that dress in the back. And that was the last flag shown and, to the world and, as she stepped off the plane while he was still president. And the message from the flag was as the ship of state, America sailed into the storm, into the dark of night was what was in my book e equals mega election equals mega to the third power over corn zuckerberg is corn all these other players soros and everybody else are corn they're creations of the intelligence community when when spies people go to the farm in virginia and similar locations to be trained to work undercover when they're done we call them corn so they're they're a they're a farm product. What's the biggest farm product in America? Corn. Corn. So they're corn. People like Zuckerberg and like that. We we kid about it because he didn't create Facebook. He's no. somebody else's creation doing their bidding. Same thing with Soros and many others. So it's mega over corn. It's mega over this this spike crap. Infiltrated <laughs> well, it was a great movie while it lasted, but the truth is stranger than fiction. That's amazing. So, um, one, I guess we better run. Uh, thank you so, so much. I hope you'll come back a number of times and uh, and bring us an update. You know, what look into Melania's dress as she steps off Air Force One. That was a that was a deal. I saw that when you talked about that, one. yeah. And that, that, that's and that may be able to see that. And, that. and so, he coded his last thing the message from my book. Yeah, I wish I had known that all along. I had seen those comms all along. So, Juan, thanks again, Johnny. Thank you. appreciate you both very, very much. And uh, hopefully many more of these. And we appreciate it. And uh, thanks again, Juan. And we will see you all later. Okay. All right. Thanks, folks. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. 
Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description to become a partner today.